Now, to show our gratitude, we're not going to be like the other guys and jerk you around and bullshit you. We're going to tell you the truth. Professional wrestling, the era of the franchise, the era of the ECW. And the franchise, Shane Douglas. Well, you want the lowdown on professional wrestling, get it right here at this podcast, Extreme Three-Way Dance. South Connection, welcome to this extreme menage a trois of violence you'll ever experience here in the extreme through a dance. JC, Jenny, and Maddie Suze bringing you through the history of extreme. We started in February of 1994, and here we are with the final pay per view event of 1998. Almost through the end of this. It's been a very interesting year, it's a transitional year, but also a great year, a very memorable year. A lot has happened, and uh, we've talked a lot about the build, and tonight we're going to get to the big show. Of course, this podcast is being simulcast, both video and audio. So audio available on any podcast app on North South Connection and video here on our North South Connection YouTube page. Be sure to share, like, love, leave comments. We like that all. So that's neat. If you do it, it helps us out. Smash the button, whatever it is, as the kids say. Um, We're here to get extreme tonight. Uh, Any thoughts before we dive in in November to remember? Anything tickling your fancy or excited to talk about? Looking forward to seeing uh, that had your senses heightened going in my senses heightened wow mm. all five of them yeah mm-hmm. you got a spidey sense you got um, i wish i would yeah. solve a lot of problems Uzi sense. <laughs> wow you've been sitting on that one for a while haven't you you had that one in the whole no i probably not because it's pretty bad so <laughs> i did not workshop it oh well. i'm curious about the crowd uh mm. in louisiana mm. And uh, because it's hit or miss sometimes um, with these shows, but that's been one of our big things that we've been mm-hmm. tracking, right? Since yeah. we started pay per view in April of '97, outside of the arena crowd, it's mm-hmm. not been the best. Uh, these these outside pay per view crowds. Hopefully, they're liquored up enough in New Orleans that well, they'll be so. rowdy for anything. So that'd be possible. Speaking of rowdy, it's pay per view night, so we're gonna break out the bubbly. Big night. Oh, I'm gonna wow. crack it right on air. Okay. Heavens to goodness. Break out the good stuff tonight. Wow. Bought it. Bought it just for the show. Um, all right, let's dive in. We open with a video from outside in the street earlier tonight. We're a random announcer. I don't know who this was. Who was that guy? I'm just like, what? No. 
trying to catch up with Jack Victory and Lance Wright. And they say, what did you do to New Jack? Victory shrugs him off and asks, Wright, who, who is this guy? Victory says, New Jack deserved it. And he's got nothing else to say. Wright says he has no comment. New Jack shows up and beats uh, Jack Victory down and leaves him laid out. Security and police come and they cuff New Jack and take him away. So it looks mm. like, I would say one way or another, New Jack is probably not going to be Tommy Dreamer's partner. Mm. Uh, Matt, what do you think of them starting this way? I mean, I don't know if New Jack is hurt or, or was hurt or something and couldn't work a full match, but it's just super weird that they like I feel like this was something they kind of should have saved for like the go home episode. Like instead of smashing him with a guitar, just beat him up, just have him like in handcuffs or in jail. It was just weird. It's a weird way to start the pay-per-view. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes, but I, I kind of felt like this could have been something left for TV rather than to open up the pay-per-view. Didn't we do something like this last time? There was some sort of pre-show. Jack, uh, yeah, take it yeah. out of the match with, Jack yeah. Yeah. with, the, with the car, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, um, I, I I don't know. I didn't hate it. It's it's awkward for sure because it's it does feel like TV as opposed to like a big show. I mean, they could have just to Matt's point, like used. We already had a beatdown. We already could have explained right. that yeah, he got yeah. fucked up from the guitar. So yeah. He's not here. Right. Yeah. Uh, like who was that? guy also like very curious about probably some that. local dude they seem to do that every now yeah, and then like a local that. radio guy yeah. or whatever knew it but all right joey styles is in the ring welcomes us officially to november to remember the crowd is pumped and loud and he sets up the night ahead but before we get into things the guy we spent all episode talking about last uh two mm -hmm. weeks ago terry funk is here who would have thought it like joey's like uh he's gonna be there he's the guy we figured that was bullshit they said mm -hmm. he wasn't gonna be the guy here he is. He's wearing a graduation cap for some reason. Because uh, Funk you, man. Wow. He ambles down to the ring to a huge pop. Uh, Funk says he's a living legend and, as Jenny just said, the professor of Funk you, and that he can say whatever he wants to Joey because he's very knowledgeable about antisocial behavior. He calls Joey an asshole and takes the mic and says he didn't get an invite from Joey Styles or Paulie to be here tonight with the hardcore fans. He says, Funk you, Joey and Paul and Tommy Dreamer, you filthy, stinking pile of shit. Six <laughs> years ago, Tommy crawled to him saying his daddy's a crackhead and his mother's a whore and he needs someone to love him and be a mentor and a daddy. Terry said he'll be his daddy and Tommy promised he would call him in any time of need after that. Three weeks, he's been sitting here waiting for that puke-faced son of a bitch to call him so he could double flip off the top rope for the fans. He's been practicing. Tommy comes to the ring, and Terry calls him a son of a bitch and a piece of shit and says he loves Tommy. Tommy says, I love you too, but he wanted a lighter schedule. You wanted a break, and I gave you what you wanted. Terry says Tommy's a big ass with a big ego, and he should slap him just like he would slap his daughter's wife or any other family member that tells uh, that tell, tries to tell him otherwise. He tells Tommy to stay away from him, and he leaves, and everyone is in shock. Uh, Jenny, what did you think of this opening? It was um, what out of left field. It was I was torn on it because it doesn't fit anything we've been doing. Mm -hmm. It's like a weird approach to this throw out there on a pay-per-view mm -hmm. and it definitely set things off to a very odd vibe um instead of starting hot with a match like this just put us in a what is going on <laughs> you know it feels like we're trying to do a storyline throughout mm. the show with terry funk mm. like it's we're setting up something that is going to be happening throughout the whole show um which is weird because 
look, we're in this huge arena. Look at this place. Like, it's full of people. It looks like a big-ass, legit show. It says, November to remember on the on the ring, on the mat. Like, and, and but Terry gets a huge pop, but also he loses his fucking mind. <laughs> um, and I was also very torn on it because I sort of really care about Terry Funk currently. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm a little funked out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. You know, obviously the rest yeah. Of legend. Like, but at this point in ECW, I'm kind of funked out. Like, yeah. we've yeah, been here, done that with it. I get it. But you know what? Our last episode, we sat here and said they were low on big name stars. Okay. Like, so maybe right. they figured, you know, whatever. He's done with WF. I think he finished up there in like June or July. So maybe they figured what the hell he's around. Let's bring him in. Um, like they always do. But it just. I don't know. Like him as Funk. a heel, mad at Tommy. Like, I just don't know if I got that in me. <laughs> like, Funk saying he wasn't booked was really was He stamped all over that fucking show. I don't like him calling Joey an asshole. I don't like him calling Tommy a piece of shit. I'm like, no thank you to all of this, Matt. Yeah, this might be a, a record as far as a time for me to ask what the fuck is going on on this show because it's <laughs> it's the first goddamn thing we see after New Jack getting let out in handcuffs. Like, I thought we were past the Terry Funk thing, like, and now all of a sudden, after not mentioning him for what a year and a half, all of a sudden he randomly pops up on pay per view wearing a fucking graduation cap of all things for mm-hmm. some for some reason. Like, was the was the joke that he graduated from Funk U or something? Is that what I we're think saying? So. I think that's what it was supposed to be? It's just, it's a, between that and now the we're getting Jack caught thing. up in the cat here. It, it, was, no, very not, it, it was distracting. <laughs> it was a distracting cap. Mm. Uh, but uh, between this and the new Jack thing is, this is a very weird And now he's heel on dreamer for some reason. Cause dreamer, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it feels convoluted. I get like, if you want to have Terry funk on the show, that's fine. But like, I don't know. You, I think it's a bit that he's crazy, right? Like he, yeah. he asked Tommy for the time off. Mm-hmm. He's coming in delusional, but it didn't feel like it, it felt like they're presenting him like he was drunk, like he was like this drunk homeless <laughs> guy which, wandered in off the I mean, street, yeah. which he made have been. But it's like that's how it's being presented to me. It's not like he's like, oh, he's crazy Terry Funk. Like right. he's like the way he's wobbles in and he's swearing and belligerent. It was like, uh, what's his, what's his name? It's, Shameless. Like, you know, it was like, yeah. it was like that. That's what it felt it's like. It's like tequila Terry Funk, and he just stumbled in, and he's <laughs> saying know. random shit to some patron at a bar. It's fucking I weird. wasn't crazy about it to start a pay-per-view that way. Like, it, just, it put it in such a weird vibe out of the gate. It's like, all right, what are we doing? Yeah. And, Everybody's and talking to him very carefully, too. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. is, let's he go gun? Down, is he going to have a gun or something? Let's, like, yeah. let's put you in a taxi. Let's mm-hmm. get you home. Let's get you home, buddy. It was odd. It was an odd way. I know they want to do the show line uh or the storyline throughout the show but i don't know they just like maybe give us a match first with the hot crowd and then have them come out and like it like interrupt maybe, the first yeah. match or something versus just like starting the show with this confusion so all right we get our opening animation then we head to the ring where the blue world order is taking on mm-hmm. roadkill and danny doring the bwo get a big pop joey's rambling about funk roadkill and doring are already in the ring uh, we get intros we settle in joey apologizes again about funk Nova and Doring trade off some early feeling out, some tomfoolery. Funk comes back again. He's barking oh at a cameraman. <laughs> barking at a cameraman. Uh, Meanie gets the tag. Funk walks around ringside, starts barking at the timekeeper. Uh, Joey wants to know uh, why we're showing this. Why are we even letting you know him be on camera? He throws the timekeeper to the floor and takes a seat. Funk says Meanie would have never made it in Funk You. 
Uh, Meany and Roadkill go through some basic stuff. Nova gets a tag, gets a near fall on Roadkill. Things break down. BW has a double power bomb on Doring. Roadkill and Doring argue. Nova drop kicks Doring. Meany hits Roadkill with a bulldog. Nova meets both guys with a tope to a pop. Back inside, Meany hits a people's leg drop. Funk gets on the apron, barks at Meany, and then slaps him around. Meany decks Funk, and he flops onto the table into the floor. <laughs> Doring and Roadkill take over as Funk puts himself through the table. Doring controls Nova. Funk is messing with the broken table as this is going on. Roadkill and Doring double up on Nova. Funk is stomping around. Roadkill keeps overpowering Nova. Hits a huge top rope splash. It looks pretty good. Hits a top rope elbow, but Nova moves and can't tag. Doring comes in. Hits a G-spot sweep for two. Doring goes up top. It's a leg drop for two. Nova comes raging back with a powerbomb. Makes a tag. As Joey says, we'll see that new powerbomb variation on Monday nights very soon. Uh, Meany cleans house. Nova hits a frog splash on Doring. Meany has a top rope moonsault, but Roadkill makes a save. Nova hits a tornado DDT on Roadkill, and they hit the blue light special for the win on Doring. Uh, fun match, but really it's just a backdrop to, to have Funk out there doing his antics like a nut. Um, it picked up as all four guys has a sharp offense in different ways. The crowd was into it, and just enough to get the show going. Didn't overstay its welcome. It's the usual early card uh, ECW pay-per-view stuff. So, Matty went two and three quarters. Again, just really backdrop for Funk doing his one-man show at ringside. <laughs> yeah, I went two and three quarters on this, too. Uh, it, it felt like at the beginning of this match, they were kind of just waiting for Funk to do his thing. Like, it was moving at a glacial pace. And then once Funk left, once he did his shtick and left, I thought it turned into a pretty fun opener here. Like, the, the BWO are, like, perfect opening match guys. They're guys that mm-hmm. get the crowd super hot right out of the gate. So I think it's smart to have them open up a pay-per-view. But... God damn this funk stuff. Like I, now he's putting himself through tables like and he walks into the crowd with the table like what maybe they are trying to portray that he's like just fucking crazy and not drunk but I don't know. It's just like why is he going after the beat? Well, it is. It's like this guy is invaded. He's acting like a nut. He's acting crazy and they're like we don't know why. Is he brain damaged? Is he angry and snapped? Like what is going on with this dude? It's just fucking weird. It's the whole thing. It's just a weird fucking thing. And especially it's just to start this pay-per-view. And uh, my only other note is uh, JT. This is a reference. Probably you'll only understand uh, the referee's shirt uh, looked like the Boston water tower. <laughs> yes. Yes, it, did. it does. They do have new shirts on. And yes, that's exactly what it looks like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, two and three quarter for me. Um. So I did two and three quarters too, but I, I think this stuff by funk works for me like if he's just in there and we don't know why like mm-hmm. i mean like if we didn't have the whole opening part that was very awkward just to have terry funk come in cold and fuck up this random opener match yeah that would have been a better i think start. i would be kind of into that mm-hmm. um so because i like his antics um and with this match as sort of like a backdrop to him um, because the match is real fun you know i got a soft spot for nova and Mimi because uh-huh. they 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 turn up these cool team combinations sometimes. Uh, they do the flag spot, flag, frog splash, and moonsault combination that I really liked. And um, uh, they did the rope dive. Um, so that was cool. Um, yeah, like, I don't know about him attacking the winners and stuff post-match. Like, I like that a little less. But, like, him just kind of losing it and putting himself through tables yeah. is kind of fun. You could have done that and then have him do the shitting on Tommy in the booth in a minute. Like, whatever. But, yes, I yeah. think him coming out during the match randomly and acting crazy at ringside would have at least led to a little less confusion early and, like, kept the match hotter. Mm-hmm. And then he comes out. 
Um, so Funk has a piece of the broken table. He beats down the BWO, keeps beating on them until Paul E comes out. He begs Funk to stop. <laughs> Funk starts crying and yelling at Paul. Yes. Uh, he starts beating up security and then they drag him out. Uh, so Paul's like clearly concerned for his mental health here. Yes. It, and it was great. Like he was great during it. And I liked him beating up security. <laughs> yes. All right, back to the ring. A uh, guy we're very high on, Tommy Rogers, is waiting for us. Yes. And he's taking on Tracy Smothers. And, of course, that means it's time for our Italian Lesson of the Week. It's the FBI. All right, here we are. <laughs> wow. Without word. Oh, boy. It could be. Who knows? Uh, All right. Our lesson tonight is Cepale. 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 What balls? What balls, you What balls? What balls, indeed. We'll talk more about balls later, but this is a what ball? Cepale. Cepale. Wow. That bullshit. In my own home. Yes. All right. Chepale indeed as Joey plugs the brand new ECW CD, which um, mm. my buddy Adam Murray in college had, mm-hmm. and we listened to the shit out of that CD. <laughs> what was music. your favorite on it? Uh, I mean, Enter Sandman by Motorhead was great. We listened right. to that a lot. Mm-hmm. It had the ECW theme, uh, Sabu, uh, Hookah Blues, of course, was great. It basically had like famous songs that the wrestlers were using, but they were covers. I think that they got a way to avoid the royalties mm-hmm. by right. having cheaper bands do the covers. Um, so I had, let's see. Uh, I want the full listing here. All right. This is extreme, which is the ECW theme song. Of course, classic mm-hmm. uh, El Phantasmo and the chicken run Blastorama uh, by uh, white zombie. That's the Lance store. Yeah. That's, that thing. sounds like a white zombie song. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Walk, of course, uh, originally performed by Pantera, but on this mm-hmm. CD was by Kilgore, and that's RVD's theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trust, which is an ECW instrumental mix by Megadeth for Jerry Lynn. Uh, the Zoo, which was, of course, originally performed by the Scorpions. On the CD was Bruce Dickinson and Roy Z for Bam Bam Bigelow. Enter Sandman by, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't uh, Motorhead. It was Lemmy with Zebrahead. But Lemmy was oh, there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Perform because he definitely... <laughs> It's a great version. Uh, snap your fingers, snap your neck. It's a just incredible theme. Originally performed by Prong, but it was performed by Grinspoon on the CD. Oh, Fan- Grinspoon, yeah. Yes. Classic. Uh, Phantom Lord. Uh, they said it's Mike Awesome's theme, which I thought was Awesome Bob, but I guess maybe that's the. Uh, I don't think it's actually Awesome Bob. It's performed by Anthrax, originally by Metallica. Uh, heard it on the X. They said it's Francine's theme. Um, originally by ZZ Top, this, this uh, installment by Trace Diablos with Dimebag, Daryl, Rex, and Vinnie Paul. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. Kick Out the Jams, the Axel Rotten theme by Monster Magnet, originally performed by MC5. Uh, another great one on this album is Big Balls, which is, of course, Balls Mahoney's theme <laughs> by Muscadine, originally performed by ACDC. And Hookah Blues, uh, Sabu's theme by Harry Slash and the Slash Tones. So, a, lot uh, of nice. great, a lot of good name bands there. Yes. Yeah, great CD, Jenny. You need to check it out. It's an all-time. Yeah, yeah. Is all it right. on Spotify? Uh, it's gotta be right. Okay. If not, you should just order it. Spy it on okay. Amazon. I'll put it on vinyl. Right. I have. The, I must have the CD somewhere. in My magical <laughs> bin of shit. Um. All right. <laughs> the FBI are nowhere near the album, says Joey. Uh, the whole crew Aww. is out, including Ulf Herman. If you remember Ulf. Uh, oh, classic Italian name. Ulf. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
honestly, the Germans are closer to the Italians than most of these people that they have in the FBI. So uh, it's fair enough. That's a fair point. <laughs> it's a valid point, yeah. I'm not saying it's a positive thing, but they are well. you know, close enough. Um, he's in FBI gear. Rogers is out. He's got Chris Chetty as backup to help offset the other Paisans. Tommy Rich grabs the mic. He says, it's a pleasure to be here, but LSU can't beat Tennessee or Georgia, and the Saints and Mike Ditka are losers. Mm. Rogers takes the mic. He says, Rich, Herman, and Smothers aren't even Italian. You're only Italians to flunky. Rogers is happy to be a NOLA. Doesn't matter what the Saints record is. He'll still kick Smothers' ass. Uh, not the best promo. By yeah. Rogers. No, big, old, big old swing and a miss. Mr. Fantastic <laughs> should stick to the ring. Yeah. Uh, everyone clears out. We get going with some stalling and messing around. Herman gets involved right away. Trips up Rogers as he hits the ropes. Shetty does the same, but Smothers recovers with a back fist and a pair of sidekicks. Plays to the crowd. Smothers hammers away, but Rogers comes back and knocks him outside. He pelts the FBI with a baseball slide. Back in the ring, Herman barrels into Rogers with a clothesline. Guido ties up the ref. Chetty brawls with Ulf to the back as Smothers grinds on Rogers. Rich ties up the ref and Guido's in. They double-team Rogers, but he survives. The FBI is continuing to pile on Rogers to use their numbers to control. Rogers rallies back. He cleans out Guido, but misses a leap off the top. Smothers rolls him up for two. We get an awkward flurry of near falls by both, but Guido gets mixed up with Smothers, and Rogers finishes with the Tamikaze. The FBI argue and Smothers throws down Guido as Rogers cheers him on. Rich nails Rogers with the flag, and the FBI reunite and beat him down until Chetty makes a save. It's a moonsault on Richard Rogers. Counts three. Why not? Alf Herman returns, and he has Mabel with him. Uh, Mabel is draped in an FBI cutoff. Mabel and Herman set up a table and pound on Rogers until Spike Dudley is in. And now we have another impromptu match, of course. And we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, so for Rogers and Smothers, kind of long, I thought, given the scope of the card. I guess they needed to fill some time. You get the pros in there, uh, some extra heat layered in. Rogers flying around early, but it kind of dragged uh, out a bit to the finish. I think they could have sliced some off and kept it hotter. Um, the awkwardness at the end just kept piling up. Uh, Rogers is on a roll, but we spent way too much time on this, given his place in the card. The pre-match promo, the match, the post-match, now the next match. Like They could have tightened this up big time. Uh, so, Jenny, went two and a half. Again, Like I know it's a short card. We talked about this last episode. They don't have a lot going on. But we didn't need to be given Smothers and Rogers like 20 minutes of airtime here. <laughs> well, look, there's a lot going on here. You got to have the full intro. I, I didn't mind them getting time. <laughs> I, I didn't. Um, Smothers, I could watch him do the fucking leapfrog thing that he does. <laughs> I mean, he's how, fun to watch, yeah. So, how does no. that big old man get up like that? <laughs> I don't get it. But I really like watching him. And like, We've said Rogers is super fun too. Um, a lot of interference, of course, with the FBI mm -hmm. fucking with the ref, and mm -hmm. you know just the, all their character stuff that they always do. Um, they have it down to a science. I mean, they it, get all their tricks. Great. Yeah. It's it's great. Tricks you want to see it if you're in the crowd. You want to see it. Um, and they really work to the very back of the arena, <laughs> which I love. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought the Italians were going to explode there at the end. I was like, it, is it time for a shake-up? Like, maybe that's the story. It feels line. like it might be coming. No. You know, and I really thought that was it at the end, but they totally fooled me. I mean, um, I'll be honest. I, I cannot believe Rich and Smothers and these guys are still around. Right? Getting right. it to it's, 1999. It's amazing. I thought it was like a quick thing in like 96 that they'd be around, but I can't believe they're still running shop here <laughs> as we get to 99. Because we haven't really had any fun promos with them. We yeah. haven't, I mean, we get these matches like this, but we haven't had anything, you know, to kind of build on them for a while. So I'm, I don't mind having it here. And I did the two and a half, Matt. 
Yeah, uh, I, I went two and a quarter on it. Uh, for, I went a little bit lower just because it ate up a lot of time on this pay-per-view to JT's point. Like, it was a lot. And I mean, it, it was fine for what it was, even with the 18,000 interferences in the match. But like, that was my ultimate th- thing that it came down to. It was just like, this, this ate up a lot of time on pay-per-view. And it was fine, but I don't know. I, I feel like... Like you said, you know, Rogers has a spot on the card and him getting this much time on a pay-per-view. And I get you had to fill time, but I don't know. Maybe even like if you do like a tag with the entire FBI. Instead, yeah, that might have been more fun to eat. Yeah. And have and like throw Rogers and, and Rogers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, do, do some, and Rogers uh, pre-match promo with it's like, all right, let's let's do it, gang. Like, yeah, it was terrible. like straight out of 1986. What are you doing, man? It's ECW. You can't say that shit. <laughs> My God. We, uh, we also didn't have like, we haven't had a lot of um, Pulp Fictions anymore. Where sure. oh, we used to get a lot of the FBI antics in those. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. that's, we'll see. We got Christmas coming soon. We usually get a fun yeah. Christmas uh, mm-hmm. thing from them. So we'll see. All right. So that brings us right to that next match, which is Spike Dudley taking on Mabel and Ulf Herman. Uh, Spike gets swarmed right away. Fights through the big guys. Dodges a splash as Mabel crashes through a table. Spike hits the acid drop on Herman. Mabel splashes Ulf by accident. Spike goes low on Mabel. Hits the acid drop on him. Covers both guys for the win. Mabel walks around the FBI shirt after a spike and Chetty leave. Uh, usual spike stuff. This felt very low rent indie to me. One star. Mm. Oh, one star. <laughs> All right. So I didn't do the five stars on this because he actually had to work a little bit. And I don't like that. No, he just needed to come out there and do the ass drop. Then it's five stars. So I did two stars on this map. Yeah, I went a uh, star and a half on it. It's just this match is like straight out of like a ran- a wrestling randomizer. Fucking Spike Dudley versus Ulf Herman and Mabel of all people made a pay per view in 1998. Good mm-hmm. lord, just fucking weird, man. What a weird start to the show. And Mabel's like right in between runs. Uh, he popped back up briefly in WWF in in the summer of '98 mm-hmm. uh, when like Shamrock was getting attacked by the former Kings, and then he shows up again. In very early 99 at the Rumble, mm-hmm. and then he becomes Mr. from there. So I don't think it's a dude that's staying around. It's probably just like a one night, whatever. All right. Axel Rotten cuts a promo in the basement. He's with Tanaka and Mahoney. Uh, both guys have major head injuries, and the Louisiana State Commission has vowed to stop the match if the Dudleys as much as pick up a chair. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is pretty good. Again, Rotten continues to spit it. He's a good mouthpiece for these guys. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I I don't know why they're so obsessed with this chair issue. Yeah, it's something. It's they're trying so to play out. I think they're trying to make it. It's just violent. Are they, are they playing off like the dueling chairs that Balls and Tanaka kind of did in all their matches? I think Is that so. some, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Switching and swear. Chair swinging freaks. <laughs> yeah. Say. I don't, yeah. All right. Speaking of freaks, we're back to the ring. Is Lance Storm taking on Jerry Lynn Storm and Tammy Lynn Bitch are out. Star package growing for Lance. Mikey Whipwreck is out. One of our next uh, or one of our two guest referees, just to say, a uh, very odd setup for all this. Lynn hits the ring. Uh, this has some classic potential if the ref stuff doesn't get in our way. Uh, we get some strip tease music, and out comes Tammy Lynn Sitch in a very sexed up referee gear, and she's our special ref. I didn't understand the order of these entries. Storm, yeah. <laughs> Lynn, yeah. the next ref. I guess Sonny's yeah. the biggest star, so whatever. Yeah, she is uh, last. Tammy sits down and takes some time. She changes out of her heels and puts on athletic socks and sneakers. So mm-hmm. again, we're filling filling time here. Uh, yeah. For the uh, feet, guys. You know, again, Sean a real big excited. moment. Yeah, they're ahead right. of their time here. Yeah, right. Uh, 
Mikey and Tammy bicker. We stall a bit before the bell. We start with some mat work. Switches to a quick flurry of counters. It ends with Lynn cranking the arm. Lynn slips out of a press slam into a sunset flip, which leads to a series of near falls and more counters by both. Tammy's working hard to keep up. Wild pacing here. Both guys flying around. Lynn goes back to the arm as Storm breaks free, lays in some chops. Lynn fires right back, knocks Storm hard to the railing, and slides out to Arana. Lynn buries Storm with a shoulder block. Bitch comes over to tie up Lynn, allowing Storm to shoot him to the rail. Storm works him over on the floor, comes back with a springboard clothesline for two. Tammy and Mikey argue again as Storm works over Lynn. Mikey keeps coming to the ring and trying to get involved, but Tammy runs him off to refocus. Lynn gets a cross body for two as he rallies. Lynn ends up on the apron. Tammy Lynn bitch hooks his ankle, and Storm drop kicks him back down. Storm gets a cross body to the floor, but trips a bit on the way down. Back in the ring, Lynn rallies again, hammers away, gets a sunset flip for two. Tammy is doing really fast counts for Lynn. Lynn counters a powerbomb, but Storm twists him into a DDT, then to a bow and arrow. Storm is the dropkick. Lynn counters another powerbomb for a near fall. Storm nails a super kick for a very slow two count, and Lynn comes back with a sleeper. Storm counters and hits Lynn with a back suplex. They trade punches, but Lynn counters another powerbomb with a Rana for two. Lynn hits a gourd buster, but Storm gets a bridge for, uh, into a cover for two. Lynn bridges to a pedigree for two, counters to trade, uh, continue to trade counters and covers. Lynn knocks Storm into the railing again, meets him with a dive off the top. They head back inside where Storm crotches Lynn, gets a top rope back superplex. Tammy starts to count both guys down. Bitch breaks up the count. Tammy yanks her the ring and strips her down. Mikey comes in to keep the peace. He knocks down Tammy, and then it's a whippersnapper on Tammy Lynn Bitch. Tammy <laughs> tries to choke. Tammy sits, tries to choke Mikey, but now he hits a whippersnapper on Lynn. Storm hits a low blow on Mikey, covers Lynn. Tammy gives a slow two count and then hits a whippersnapper on Storm. Mikey hits a brutally botched whippersnapper on Sitch that nearly broke her neck and mm -hmm. saved New Jersey, uh, New Jersey, a law enforcement, a lot of trouble decades later. Um, <laughs> Joey thinks uh, he meant to hit Tammy Lynn bitch, but keeps mixing them up. He's saying Sitch, he means bitch. Lynn, <laughs> Lynn cradles Storm, but Mikey turns them over and fast counts the fall for Storm. Mikey slams the purse at Tammy. Joey keeps acting like Mikey's going to be upset when he realizes he hit Tammy Sitch after he sees the tape, but nothing that Mikey's doing makes you think that in any way. Like, no, he's, he's clearly, clearly healing it, it up. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's yep. so weird. This whole thing was weird. Um, the match pacing was great. The guys never stopped. The counters, yes. strikes, the covers, go, go, go. I thought Tammy was actually really good as a ref. She kept up with them. Uh, they kept the BS to a minimum until the end where they let both guys go in the ring. Uh, they've been fantastic. They're growing by the week. It was a showcase angle. The finish was a slobby mess and took the match down for me. Yeah. Um, the whippersnapper on Tammy was gross. Mikey feels out of place suddenly doing this. It's nice he's got an angle, but why is he being a dick to the women? Like, none of it makes sense. Joey is all a fucking mess, mixing up the Tammies. And then, um, <laughs> you know, he's confusing them left and right, saying Mikey's going to feel bad, but he clearly doesn't. Like, this, none of it made sense to me. It almost was like Joey wasn't watching what was going on. Uh, so I went three and a quarter, Matt, for the match, but the antics after and the finish really took it down a notch for me. Yeah, I mean, listen, if Joey's confused, then I'm certainly going to be fucked. No if if Joey doesn't know what the fuck is going on, there's no chance I'm going to know what the hell's going on. Who's who here? But yeah, the finish like actively hurt this match for me. And honestly, like it, uh, Sitch was good as referee, but mm -hmm. I feel like just all the antics with everything just kind of took me out of it. Just let these guys have a match. You don't need the two referee thing, especially with Mikey, who, like you said, now it feels like he's kind of wedged into this thing and he doesn't. I don't know if it's just because he's new at this heel thing for or mm -hmm. and he's not used to it, but he ju it just feels like it's too big of a spot given that he just turned heel like two weeks ago. So. 
I, I just think there was way too many moving pieces to this match and they got way too cute. Yeah. Once they focused on the match and it was Storm and Lynn, it yeah. was really good. It was right up to like their baseline level of stuff. But I, I just think everything surrounding it and all the shit with the two referees and the slop ass finish, I think it just it actively hurt the match right. for me. So, I mean, I still went three stars on it because the wor- stuff they did in the ring was good. But just everything surrounding it got way too cute for me, Jenny. Well, I've well, there's too many um, lens just in general in this match. Um, yes, a lot of lens. Mm-hmm. Too many lens. Uh, look, I've decided I'm just going to accept that this is what we get with with Tammy Lynn, uh, and she she was good, but she, she was good at keeping up her gimmick the whole time, being the fast count the slow count you know doing that shit on purpose all that shit makes sense like i think that joey just doesn't he can't see it yet that mikey is heel like he's in denial still about mikey and i think a lot of us are but he's not (laughs) presenting it that way it'd be better if it was like there's no way Mikey's doing this on purpose. No way. It has to be that he doesn't get it. Instead, he's just like nonchalantly saying it. Like, oh, wait till Mikey sees the tape. He's not going to believe he did that. Like, that almost felt more like the commentary for TV. When he was blind and hit her by accident. Mm-hmm. That made sense. This, he is clearly aggressively attacking her. Yes. Slamming mm-hmm. the purse on mm-hmm. her and seeing that it's her, you know? Right. Yes. Yes. I, I, I just don't think Joey has gotten there yet. Like, yeah. I don't think he realizes it yet. But, I mean, look, this is the fastest way to turn heels to start attacking the women on the show. So, there, I, I don't know. He, to me, he's such a natural baby face that this is interesting to me. I want to see. It is awkward, yes, currently. But I, I feel like he might have something good in there. And um, it, I don't know. I don't mind this weird little double guest referee bullshit stuff. No, they actually um, did it okay until the finish. Like, did. I was surprised they how did. well it, it went until the finish. If the finish was just less wonky with all the whippersnappers and all this other crap, like, right. it's a tough move to, like, have a um, like, I didn't know who I hit. Because I know you're doing it from behind, but it's, like, pretty mm-hmm. obvious the way you set up the move. Like, yeah. So, mm-hmm. it's, almost, no, it's just a little be- too try hard. Yeah, I don't believe he didn't know. He definitely knew. And yeah. Um, I did three and a half uh, overall for this, so I think I'm a little higher on it than you guys were. Yeah, I mean, three and a quarter from it. It's not far off. Like yeah. it's, it's, I would have had a three and a half, honestly, with a better finish. So. Mm. All right, Funk shows up in the nest. Uh, he wants to <laughs> apologize for what he said to Tommy earlier. Uh, he didn't want to knock he's... him silly, but he clenched his fists and his middle finger shot out, and he didn't want that. So he's just going to leave. He apologized to Joey, to Paul, and to the people of the United States for making an <laughs> ass out of himself. Funk walks off and says he's gone for good and going home forever. 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 Again, forever. Joey tries to reset things, but he's flustered and rants about the Dudleys. (laughs) (laughs) His go-to. Joey is just way off tonight. So any quick thoughts on that or... Uh, Terry Funk says forever. Listen, I'm going to believe him. I think this forever. is the time. This, this is, is the, the one. This is the one that's going to stick. I think. Yeah. I thought he was great in the segment. I really did. This is probably the best so far of it. Um, yeah. Because you could yeah. tell he's just being so fake. Yeah. 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 Right. 
Um, all right, we get a hype video for the Dream Incredible feud, and then into our next match, which is for the tag team titles, is the Dudley Boys defend against Balls Mahoney and Masato Tanaka. Joel Gertner stalks to the ring. He's got sign guy and the Dudleys with him. Bubba grabs the mic. He talks up the Dudleys as skilled scientific wrestlers and great champions, and nobody's man enough to take the titles. Joel goes to his usual raunchy shtick. Sign guy has a sign that says Devon stained Monica's dress. Nobody loves Monica Lewinsky <laughs> scandal like ECW. They're yeah. obsessed with it. It was the uh, best thing for him. They love it. Us. Balls Tanaka and Axel rumble out with chairs. They're ready to rock. Axel reminds us that chairs are not allowed, but ECW is wrestling and the other two can't touch and they don't listen to commissions and doctors and the Dullies are punk ass bitches. Big fat sweaty pussies and they should forget the commission. Forget anything that you've heard because New Orleans is about getting drunk and fighting on Bourbon Street. The crowd's with them. They want a Bourbon Street brawl and to make chairs legal. And here we go. The Dullies right. attack at the bell. Joey thinks Axel's made a big mistake. And this is why I keep thinking it's like a swerve that he's going to cost them. Like we talked mm-hmm. about this mm-hmm. uh, last episode. The way he, oh, yeah, we're going to make chairs legal, guys. you got bad head injuries. Setting them up. You know, like, that's what I kept waiting to come. Hmm. Bubba works to knock over. He's a little bit rattled, selling his head. Bubba keeps pounding away and tags Devon, who maintains control. The champs continue to batter Tanaka until he goes low on Devon, but Devon counters a powerbomb with a reverse DDT. Devon loads up the people's headbutt, but he misses, and Balls gets a tag. He hits a big top rope splash after a Tanaka power slam. Bubba comes in, but Balls unloads a hard kick and knocks him to the floor. Balls and Tanaka flip Devon over the top into Bubba. Then Tanaka springs off of Balls and flies into both champs with a plancha. Balls goes up top, but slips down as Dick was erect in front of the champions. The champs hammer away on the floor. Bubba slides in, flies back out with a plancha into everyone. Tanaka shoots Bubba to the rail and barrels into him with a chair. Back inside, Tanaka hits some heavy forearms on Bubba, but the ref gets wiped out. Dick slides in, hits a TKO on Tanaka, but Axel wipes him out with some nasty chair shots. Sign guy comes in, hits Axel with a sign, and Gertner gets in on it too. Balls gets back in the ring, he takes out Sign guy with a nutcracker sweep. Gertner hits Balls with a weak chair shot, does a frantic celebration, but Balls no-sells it. Gertner dodges a chair shot and bails out. The champs return with chairs. We have a four-way chair duel. Balls and Tanaka take the first shots, but they don't go down. They take two more, and then they drop. Tanaka and Balls come back with roaring elbows through the chairs for a near fall as Jeff Jones comes in but doesn't finish the count. Tanaka drops an F-bomb as Jones pulls out a translation guide, which is pretty funny. <laughs> uh, Axel wrecks Jones with a chair, and then the challengers work over the champs until Dick pulls down the top rope and Balls topples out. Tanaka kicks out of a 3D, rolls outside as Axel beats Dick. Bubba and Devon argue and shove each other. Tanaka and Balls come in and wreck both champions with chairs for a close two count. Axel handcuffs Dick to the post. We get stereo nutcracker sweets and a tornado DDT on the chairs for two. The champs go low. Devon pile drives Balls on a chair. Bubba hits a tiger bomb on Tanaka. The Dullies grab the timekeeper's table, but it's all tangled in cables and the bell. They stack two tables up, but Rob Van Dam and Sabu are out to a big pop. They put the Dudleys on the tables and bury them through them with stereo splash leg drop combo and balls and Tanaka cover to win the tag team titles to a big pop. Uh, the match was pretty good. It was about what you'd expect. Decent story. The chair stuff to me, again, out of control and gratuitous. Uh, balls and Tanaka just taking headshot after headshot. Uh, the drama down the stretch, and you know they're doing this in all the shows. Like, yes. it's not just on the big ones. Like every yeah. show they're going to. Yeah. Uh, I thought the drama down the end was good. I like the finish. Both teams have nice chemistry. Uh, Tanaka has been a great addition to this group. He has a good wild vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dudleys get served some justice. We have new champions. The violence escalates as Balls, Tanaka, and Axel 
uh, deliver on their promise with some help from the former champs. Uh, so Jane went three stars. I'll say I was surprised uh, that the Dudleys already lost the title so quickly, but I did like that Balls and Axel and Tanaka finally cashed in. Like it felt like Balls and Axel go so close so many times that mm-hmm. you needed to at some point pay off that this team was going to win something. Yeah, I was so happy, like so happy the Dudleys lose and Balls wins. Uh, very, very stoked for that. Although it feels kind of shitty with RVD and Sabu being the ones to run in, put them through the tables or whatever. Mm. So that's a little bit of a meh uh, for me because, look, we can have a fucking tag team match without RVD and Sabu. I know. So I think the only thing that makes it everything. like okay that they didn't win on their own is because of the head injury stuff like it's almost like they shouldn't have even been in this match and they just got whacked again with chairs like they're but they're mm-hmm. nutting up kind of like to do this so to me like getting help in that scenario plus you got jeff jones you got gertner you got dick you got sign guy like it's like nine on two so mm-hmm. to me it's like all right it's i'm with you generally that like they didn't look but they did look strong in the shit kicking they took but at some point it's like out of control with the numbers game yeah i just feel like after if they take the shots and they take the risk of doing the mm. match in the first place, then why take the victory from them in that yeah. way? I don't well, know. they still got the victory. They survived enough. Yeah, you away. know what I mean. It, visually, it doesn't look great. But anyway, I thought it was a great uh, moment and good pop for them, and I was super happy. I did three and a quarter, Matt. I'm with you. I went uh, I went three and a quarter on this uh, big moment on this show with uh, new tag champs. I also liked uh, Tanaka kicking out of the 3D. Yeah, like, that was that is that is a super mm-hmm. protective move, protected move. Like no, I think he's the first one to kick out of the 3D. So like, so pretty big spot there. Uh, there were spots of this match that were identical to the mm-hmm. TV match. Like the chair duel was the exact same thing, even down to, uh, you know, just how they faced off and the. Uh, uh, Gertner celebrating after he hit balls. So that that was, I mean, I guess not everybody's watching the TV at this point, but that kind of uh, hurt it for me a little bit. But I, I did still enjoy it very much. Like there, there's enough moving pieces to this where it's never fucking boring. And I think that's probably what I enjoy most about Dudley stuff is like, say what you want about the Dudleys. And I know, Jenny, you don't like them, obviously. But like, I feel like their matches are never boring. Like there's there's always, there's enough moving pieces to them with the Gertner stuff, with Sign Guy at ringside that... I feel like they're at the very, like, they may not be great matches all the time, but they're at least entertaining to watch. So mm. that's kind of, that's how I feel about them. So, but I enjoyed this and I like that we have uh, new tag champions again for the second time in a week. So yep. uh, three and a quarter for me on this too. All right. Triple threat backstage. You issue a final warning promo to Fonzie's crew. Shane rants about always telling the truth. This says a new triple threat will fail tonight due to egos and their recent troubles over the titles. We get a music video to hype the main event and then head into our dream partner tag as Tommy Dreamer and his mystery partner will be taking on just incredible and Jack victory, incredible and victory out with the full crew, Jason chastity, bass and right. Victory is all bandaged up from the new Jack attack. And Joey reminds us that new Jack is in the clink. Got arrested earlier tonight. Tommy (laughs) ambles out to a pop and appearing behind him is his partner, Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, shit. smile on his face. Of course, a uh, Mid-South guy from way back in the day in mm-hmm. Louisiana. 
last week. Terry talked... Funk is not going to like this. <laughs> and, I know he went and got another drunk old man. Um, <laughs> Jake, uh, last we saw Jake, he was wasn't he with Team WF last year against Tommy? Um, didn't he help Waller and Cornette in one of those I, matches? I, I thought, yeah, I feel yeah. like he was, he was in the Lawler Dreamer pay per view match. I think Did yeah, he oh. pop up there. Yeah, sure I think he helped rough. them. I thought he helped them. Yeah, yeah it doesn't look better. No. Um, I mean, for context, this is the year that Beyond the Mat is being filmed. Mm. Oh, um, shit. So, no. You know how he looked yeah. in that, right? 98. Oh, yeah. uh, um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, credible and victory attack of the ramp. Jake and Dreamer fight them off. Tommy and Jake take things to the ring. Jake dumps victory and credible over the top. Tommy meets the whole crew with a Pescado. Dreamer knocks out Jason at right and dodges a credible elbow. Dreamer chokes away at right and Jason as Jake works over Credible and knocks him back to the floor. Credible recovers, crotches Tommy in the railing, whips him back inside. Credible stomps away, pitches Tommy to the ramp where Jason stomps on him. Credible follows, he power slams Tommy in the ramp. Credible works Tommy over back in the ring, spits at Jake. Credible continues to grind away using distractions of Jake to let his crew uh, batter Tommy. Dreamer comes back with a superplex on Credible. Credible's up first, sets up an open chair, drop toe holds him into it. Credible misses a sliding dropkick. He barrels crotch first into the post. Tommy pulls back into the post again as Jake stomps on Chastity. Tommy catches Credible on a float over, hits a Dreamer driver, and then crawls and tags Jake as Credible tags Jason instead of victory for some reason. Again, here we go. Uh, Jake and Tommy clean house as victory looks to be hurting at ringside with his knee. He slowly pulls himself up. Rod Price and the one-man gang are out. They beat up Jake and Tommy. Natural Born Killers comes out. New Jack is out of the Hooskow. He hits the ring to a pop with a trash can full of weapons. Cronus is with him, as always. Uh, Tommy, Cronus, and New Jack clean house with a very vicious assault. Jake is dead on the apron, uh, barely moving. <laughs> uh, Incredible's crew briefly turns the tide, but New Jack smashes one-man gang with a chair off the top. Bodies are everywhere. Tommy hits a frog splash on Credible for two as we reset. Tommy hits a Spicoli driver on Credible as Jake comes in and wipes out Lance Wright. Chastity goes low on Jake but eats a Tommy pile driver. Bass comes in and Jake goes low on her. Hits a DDT to a big pop. Credible takes out Jake as Tommy Kane's victory. Tommy then scoops Credible off the top and slams him on the ladder. Jake then DDTs Credible on the ladder and covers for the win. Um, a lot going on. Uh, it was fine. The crowd liked it. The pacing and vibe was weird. Everything felt a step off. I assume that's mm -hmm. because A, Jake uh, could barely move, and B, Victory clearly got hurt and blew out his knee or something because he could yeah. not do anything. Uh, Credible had to improvise the rest, which is not ideal. Uh, <laughs> usual weapons fast from there. Jake was a good surprise, but again, could not do much. Tough sledding after that. Uh, a beat or two too long with the brawl. I would have went right into New Jack and Corona. It's like two minutes in. Uh, the finish was good, even though Tommy doesn't get the pin. Uh, Credible took a good bump. That DDT on the ladder looked pretty good. So, Matt, I went two and a half. We'll get to the post-match in a second. But what did you think of the match itself? The hell is this shit? Two and a half for me, too. It ju uh, just a giant mess, honestly. Like, from a storyline perspective, why would Tommy Dreamer pick Jake Roberts? <laughs> like, it's just... It, it's it's There's got to be someone. There's got to be someone else. New it's Jack just... was there. He was there. Well, maybe he didn't get out of jail original... in time. He, he didn't get he out of was... jail in time. Yeah, he just barely escaped from jail to get. To it must be across the that. street. Like, it must be right across. <laughs> yeah. Just pick Terry Funk. So what if he's drunk and crazy? He knows yeah. how to win a fucking match. It's just so fucking weird. Like, and the match itself was kind of whatever, but and this leads uh, this will lead into my overall uh, point about this entire show, but. 
I feel like this should have just been the Dreamer versus Credible blow off here for yeah. your showcase event, your biggest show of the year. I, I just don't think they're ready to blow it off because they don't have anything else for either. Like, I think they want to keep yeah. it going. And I, yeah. I get using Jake because in the lore of wrestling, this guy's a mastermind. He's a sicko. Like, right. he's going to, like, he still can hit the DDT, but there's probably a better way to do it, right? Where, like, they bust him up in, on the ramp on the way in, and mm. Tommy has to go the whole match alone. And then Jake spends the match getting back in the ring, hits right. the DDT for the win. Instead, he just looks like an old drunk laying on the fucking apron the whole time. Yeah. He's so gassed, yeah. you know? It's 1998, not 1988. <laughs> and they, they need to kind of realize that. But with dude, Jake like, Robert. he's not that fucking old. Like, it's not like it's now. Like, honestly, Jake looks yeah. better now. But it's like, oh, no, he, totally he was just in the Royal Rumble a year earlier. Like, like the guy was active in WF a yeah. year and a half before this. So it's not like he's that old and broken down. But, man, he did not. That year and a half after he left OEF is not. Oh, it's yeah, no, it's not good. Well, as we saw, I mean, he was doing crack in hotel rooms, right? So I mean, it it was it was still a fun match with again a lot of moving pieces to keep it at least entertaining and interesting. But like, I don't know, from a storyline perspective, it's just this is a weird fucking show storyline wise. I'm just gonna say it now. So I mean. I went two and a half on it, and I, 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 it's another one of those matches where I'm not comfortable with that rating, but that's what I went with, Jenny, two and a half. Well, I bumped it up to two and three quarters um, just for this one spot where when <laughs> New Jack and Cronus come in, Cronus takes his shopping cart, and he just rams it right into Rod Price's <laughs> knee in the corner, and I saw that spot, and I watched it like probably about eight times because it was fantastic. <laughs> Um, so Hello. Oh, then, I don't know why I like Rod Price. It's so stupid. I don't, I don't either. With his stupid pants and his bald head. Like, it shouldn't work, but no. he's just a perfect goon. You know? He looks like a character in Final Fight. Yeah, it's <laughs> just so stupid. It's like, you know. Cronus, look, he just grinned, like, when he did that move. He just, like, looked at the camera and grinned. Um, and then you get, like, subtle things that I enjoyed throughout the match, like, when Tommy gets Chastity up for the pile driver, he like holds his nose and does like this because there's <laughs> her crotches in his face. Um, pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> Nicole Basket, a low blow was pretty funny uh, by Jake. Jack Victory just as useless as Jake in this oh, match. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he clearly yeah. he must so have he busted his knee up. up something he's, happened. Yeah. He's trying to pull himself up, and he's he's got yeah, no leg. He so got yeah. nothing. Yeah, yeah, he pulled a Shane McMahon. Yeah. So yeah, this is just you know, it's Tommy Dreamer. This is what this is what we do here with him. So he brings um, in these old decrepit men. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> searching for daddy. Well oh oh I also love the uh just incredible I thought was sort of just sort of another dude in it. Like right. he didn't really stand mm-hmm. out much to no. me except for yeah. um the power slam on the ramp because I yeah. will always mark yeah. out for anything done on the ramp. So I think he got a little bit lost when with he the did. injury. And I think he just wasn't sure what to do. I feel yeah, like yeah. he suddenly had to work the whole match, and that's why yeah, they got Jason in there right. because it was like, okay, let's do something. Yeah, he um, got a little lost. Yeah. Uh, all right, so Jake and Tommy go to leave, but Funk wobbles out and he's shit talking <laughs> Tommy about the match. He berates him for picking a piece of crap like Jake over a living legend. Uh, Dreamer tries to cool him off, and Funk says, "Tommy, used you, use me." Uh, Jake, Jake just goes like this and walks away. I gotta get to the bar. Fuck, yeah. fuck uh, you, I'm done. He's like, I'm done with bullshit. He leaves. 
Tommy says you wanted an easy schedule and you didn't want to come. Tommy says he fucking loves Funk. Funk just keeps calling him an asshole. He says he should have realized it before. Tommy grabs him and says he'll turn his back on Funk, but he'll never hit him. Tommy turns around and Funk knocks him down and punches away. Funk demands an apology. Uh, He's hitting on Tommy all the way back to the ring. Funk slaps him. He dumps him right back to the ramp. Tommy will not fight back as Funk is beating the crap out of him, spiking his head into the ramp while berating him. Joey says Funk left ECW, went to the WWF, went to make a movie, and it's not Tommy's fault he abandoned him. Officials finally come out as the fans are all over Funk while he wades through them and leaves. Uh, This, to me, was like the best part like of all the Funk Mm -hmm. stuff. This was really Mm -hmm. well done. You could feel the hate and the anger for Funk, which I think you can say is justified, right? He feels... Mm-hmm. betrayed even though Tommy's justified in not asking him because he mm-hmm. left and he said he didn't want to do this anymore so why would he ask him mm-hmm. um, and I'm curious to see how this will evolve in the ECW arena because this is one of those things that while well, New Orleans is a very good crowd and this we've been worried about pay-per-view crowds this is probably the best one we've had Yep. Um, this is the type of thing to me that would pop even more in the arena Funk mm-hmm. coming out him and yep. Dreamer brawling but I get not wanting to do it on pay-per-view and not on TV, right? So I get it. But So we'll see how it evolves um, at the arena, Jenny. But what did you think of, of this um, as kind of the coda to this whole show-long story that's been going on? I, I would agree that is the best. Um, well, I, I, apart from the first part, I thought Funk was great most of yeah. the night. But this is a great culmination of what we've seen him go uh, go through throughout the whole show. And Tommy was very good here. Um, mm-hmm. refusing to fight back, you know, he doesn't, he's not, he loves, it. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, they go, I love you. I love you too. You're an asshole. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot, of, it's a lot yeah. of hurt coming through on, on Terry's part, you know, and confusion on, on Tommy's part. So it, it feels real. It feels like a real family drama. If Funk had not been on all night, and he comes out here at the end and you think he's coming to save them and then slaps Tommy and grabs the mic and says, why didn't you pick me? What the yep. hell? Like, would that have been a more effective way to go about this? hundred percent. Probably 100%. a lot cleaner, but you needed something in the show anyway. Like we said, it was light in yeah. matches. We wouldn't, I, I like it when you can follow something throughout a pay-per-view. Yeah, yeah. The story was, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, uh, it really allowed us to unfold and feel what Funk was going. He went through all the stages, yeah. right? Like, yeah. through this night, like his anger, he's, yeah. uh, you know, feels sad, right? He's accepting it. Like, he's kind of going through the stages of grief throughout this, this yes. whole pay-per-view. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, it was fine. I think either way it works. I just think that the way they started it was weird. Yes. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, pretty clearly, I think, the best of the bunch here. I mean, because, uh, look, there's a lot of truth to what Funk was saying here. Why would you pick fucking Jake over me? Like, we've right. we've teamed with each other numerous times. I was a mentor to you, and you're picking uh, Drunky McCrackhead over there instead of me. What's, like, what the hell? What are you doing? Why are you doing this? I, you know, it's just, like you said, I think the early stuff, I think was just a weird way to kick off what ended up being the show long storyline. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe had they just started with like, Hey, funk comes out with a microphone. Like maybe, maybe once Jake comes out, funk comes out and says, what the fuck yeah. is going on here? You know? Funk came out early and just acted fine. He's like, Oh, I'm just here to watch Tommy didn't right. ask me, but I'm here to support mm-hmm. him. And then he snaps at the end instead of being mm. crazy all show. Right. Like what right. if he's like, oh, it, would, here it would be too obvious. Tommy. probably. Yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. I guess they just went right into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So had to we'll have see. funk. Had to have funk beat up Meanie in the opener. Right. <laughs> so we'll see how it unfolds um, at the arena and on TV. And if it's a thing, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be a story, right? It's not going to end here. But to your point, Matt, like, um, or Jetty, I forget what you said it, but like, should this have been the blow off? If you're going to transition to Dreamer Funk, then probably, right? Like, right. Mm-hmm. so are we going to transition, or is this like a one night thing? Is Funk sticking around? Like. I if it's a, a one night thing, it's even weirder. <laughs> right, right. So I, guess I assume we he's not coming back. You know, I don't. Well, know. He's probably gonna for a run, I would think. But, but it, it makes it even more weird that they didn't blow off the, yeah. the credible mm-hmm. thing. Nope. All right, Fonzie, RVD, and Sabu were backstage. You get hype for the main event. RVD's doing his usual. Get Mickey saying he's carrying three people tonight. Uh, Sabu has a neck brace on. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> we go to Taz. He talks about how he, how he admits, uh, hates to admit that Douglas is right. He hates Sabu, doesn't like RVD or Fonzie, and he's using them to get the Douglas. He's going to choke Douglas out. He's the FTW champion, and in a few moments, he will finish Douglas off with the Taz mission. That brings us to our main event. Did you have some, Jay? Uh, I was just going to say that Taz has become a non-issue, basically, in this whole feud. Um, I don't know if, if you guys agree with that or not, but... Uh, I think it depends how you look at it, right? Like, you know, I was talking to Rocco, our buddy Rocco's ECW diehard original with this mm-hmm. stuff. And, you know, it's, I think it's meant to play out that Taz is just playing mind games, right? Like he's letting them all think that he's being used, um, that he's kind of the bitch and he's giving in. But at the end of the day, he's really just kind of using them to get, using this angle to get his crack at Shane um, to either injure Shane or take his title uh, and that this is all manipulation by Taz across the board, that he's really kind of the, the king running everything. But it's not played that way, but that's how it's going to be either revealed or that it's meant to be revealed, is that he's really moving the chess pieces, letting Shane think he's driving the ship, but he's really in the background. That was Rocco's take on it. We'll see. Hmm. Okay. So. Um, all right. Main event time. Triple Threat War. Rob Van Dam, Sabu, and Taz. Gets Shane Douglas, Bam Bam Bigelow, Chris Candido. Douglas back in action. Um, it's been hyped. Well, it's been well built. A lot of time has been invested into this feud. Mm-hmm. Francine leads the boys to the ring a year after Bigelow beat Douglas for the title on his very show. Oh, I'm sorry, Douglas regained it on the show, but Bigelow had beaten him right before it. They're stronger than ever. Douglas gets on the mic. He rips Taz for being a bitch, a pussy, and a punk. He calls RVD a wannabe holding a trinket he threw away, and that there's only one triple threat. Shane does full intros again that stall us out. Yes. <laughs> um, and even if he's injured, you have other guys that could fill the time. It's like you yeah. gotta like cut him down. RVD and Sabu hit the ring with Fonzie. The Dullies attack them on the ramp. Bigelow follows and ba- beats on RVD. Sabu gets triple teamed by Candido and the Dullies in the ring. Um, the lights dim. Toss, uh, Taz stalks out. Uh, a big time star. Toss. A big time star <laughs> entrance. He cleans house as he gets in the ring. <laughs> Sabu and Candido fight in the ring as everyone else is brawling. Douglas fights off RVD, gets to the ring, and him and Candido double-team Sabu. RVD grabs a chair. He beats on Bigelow outside as Sabu tries to fight through Shane and Candido. Shane and Candido end up on the floor, and Sabu hits a triple jump triple jump dive into them. RVD follows with a huge springboard crossbody into Candido and Shane as well. Back inside, Sabu hits a triple jump moonsault into Shane for two. Bigelow catches Sabu off the top and plants him hard for two. All six are trading off offense. The triple threat mainly controlling Sabu, grabbing near falls once things settle down. RVD gets a tag, but the ref misses it. Sabu continues to be trapped. Candido puts Taz through a table on the floor as Bigelow and Douglas beat on Sabu and RVD. Candido misses a rocket launcher, and RVD meets him with a top rope sidekick, and he heats back up. 
RVD hits a frog splash on Candido. Sabu follows with a leg drop. RVD counters a Bammer powerbomb with a Bulldog. Taz comes back in as well. All four are trading off moves with a flurry. Bigelow gets chucked into the crowd as Douglas knocks Sabu to the runway. RVD follows Bigelow out. Taz is behind Douglas and yanks him into the middle of the ring. Starts to destroy him. RVD hits a wild somersault sent down into the crowd into Bigelow. The crowd erupts. Douglas briefly reverses the action, but Taz hooks to Taz's mission. Sabu comes off the top of the Arabian face buster, hits Taz and Shane, and then he rolls over Shane and pins him to a very muted reaction as Sabu gets the pin. Taz is not happy at all. Fonzie tries to celebrate with the crew. RVD keeps the peace as Sabu and Taz kind of tangle. Um, a fun premise and a vibe. Uh, they went full car wreck, not a straight match, which is fine. It was messy, a little hectic to follow. Taz was missing for a bit as well in there. Uh, even though he's clearly presented as everyone, he was also missing for stretches. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the goal, is to make him feel like the top guy. The camera work was wonky. He missed a lot of stuff. The heat was up and down. This, again, was one of those matches that really needed the arena crowd, I thought, to drive it up. Because they're, they would have been real di- dialed into what this match means from like a legacy standpoint. You get those fans that have bought in and been part of all this, um, made a, you know, been a little bit more dialed on it. Um, it was good enough as a time killer while you let Shane heal before you get to a title change. But it's not like an all-time classic like it could have been when you look at who's involved in the story behind it. Um, the potential was there. I gave it a, an extra bump and grade for the pace the star power, but the dip for the finish, which I did not like. Uh, Taz is primed. The time is now. Um, why are we still fucking around with Sabu in the mix? Like, I would have had Taz choke out Shane yep. and set himself up for a title match. Like, that yep. was what this should have been. Um, why is Sabu gumming things up? Why is he in the mix? And we'll see how it plays out. Maybe Taz still gets the title shot. But to me right now, like, it's just weird that, um, you know, Sabu is getting the, the pin here. Um, it wasn't the time for extra BS. Just go clean. That's what the crowd wanted. And the reaction to me um, tells you exactly why it was the wrong decision. Like, the crowd was hot for Taz choking him out and then completely goes quiet and muted um, when Sabu gets the pin. So, uh, I went three and a quarter, Matt. That was a lot, lot to say for three and a quarter match. I thought the potential and the story should have warranted a better outing for this. Yeah, uh, I only I I say only I went three on it. Uh, I think it was a mess, kind of a messy match. It was short too. Like I feel like it was like barely ten minutes. The camera work, like you said, was rough. They completely missed Taz going through the table, like totally. By the time they shot it, Taz is already in the broken table. So, and I think you hit on something that I think speaks to my overall issue with this show is time killer this is their biggest show of the year. And I feel like their biggest show of the year should not have a time killer of a main event while your champion gets hurt, uh, gets recovered. Like to, I, I mean, I, I know it's the hand they're dealt, but to me, like Shane could know. do this. Shane could have had a five minute match where Taz destroys him for the belt. Bingo. Like if, if the, this pay-per-view ends with that, I think this show is looked at a lot better because at least, you know, an, another big thing and would you, have happened. And you can do both matches. Like you have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. You can do something where Taz beats Shane and then says, Hey, tough guy, let's fucking go right now. Me and you for the belt. Yep. Let's do it. Like and Shane, you know, or maybe Shane pins Sabu to win the match. And Taz is like, you didn't pin me. Let's go. Me and you. 
And then Taz versus Shane closes it, and Taz wins the belt, right? Or even Shane gets so fed up with Taz's bullshit finally, and he right. says, I'm, "I'm ending this now." Like yeah. we're, we're having the time, like because I feel like before Shane got hurt again for the 80th time this right. year, I feel like the plan was going to be Taz and Shane for the title here. With oh Taz, yeah, and we're still going to probably march toward it. But now what? We're going to do another two months of right. like getting to Taz fucking with Shane, like he's been fucking with him all year. So right to me, if Shane could do this match, he could have done a title match. I get that this is like. We're out of the moment, right? Like, I'll get a Rocco message saying, like, this is a big deal in the moment, <laughs> right? It's the two triple threats, Taz and Sabu. Like, I get it. I get it. But the match to me didn't hit dream match quality. Right. And you pissed off the crowd at the end with a confusing finish. So even if you're not going to do a title change, even if you're going to do this match, you got to at least have Taz tap out Shane. Yeah. So it, it, it's a weird match. It's a weird match. It's a weird match for your biggest show of the year. Like... I almost wonder if you just do a, like, I don't know, like do Taz Bam Bam 3 as a main event instead and have Shane at ringside. Just something. Because I feel like, I feel like if Shane's not defending the title on your biggest show, then just like have him in the booth or something. You know, it's just for a, what ends up ultimately being kind of a filler main event. I feel like Shane was kind of, and I, I guess wasted would be the word. And I, I know he's hurt, obviously, but right. it's just, it's a weird situation. It's a rough situation. Well, I think that's why they did this triple threat. I was like to cover for right. him. And it's a big, right. it is a yeah. big match. Like right. it just, it, they had so much time on this card that they wasted that mm-hmm. this could have been like an elimination match too. Like, like right. you, make it go 40 minutes, you know, like whatever they got the guys, you put the fucking Dudleys in there. Like you can mix things in to drag it out. But make it go 40 and eliminate guys, you know, and then right. maybe Sabu and Taz end up standing tall and beating Shane at the end or something. Like, there could have been different ways. It just it felt like they built the shit out of it. It goes like, I don't know, what could it have been more than 10 minutes? Like, I don't think it was even that long, 12 minutes. No, like, it was like 10 or 12 minutes. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah. Jenny, what do you think? So I think this is definitely more about the triple threats. <laughs> And less about Shane and Taz. Like, this is just like sort of step, like maybe three out of ten in Shane and Taz for me. Thirteen minutes, by the way, this match was thirteen. Yeah. Because I don't, I, I don't, I don't think that Taz is ready for Shane, and you know, I just don't think they're there yet. So they gotta I be just, there at some point. I feel like this Taz yeah. push has been <laughs> three years in the making of a badass. But, but see, you got Sabu. So Sabu is something that y'all haven't talked about at all he gets his fucking ass kicked in this entire match i'm glad he got the pin and because it fucks with taz he hates taz they hate each other that is why that team is never going to work and it never was going to work taz's big mind fuck or whatever using these guys ain't never going to work because sabu hates him and And it backfired and sabu ended up taking his glory Mm -hmm. exactly as he should have, because Taz is not a fucking mastermind, and he should not pretend to be one. Right. And RVD is too into RVD. He he flies around. He does his shit. But while while Sabu is getting his ass kicked in the ring, he's having Fonzie pour a bottle of water down the back <laughs> of his neck because he's hot, and he's not giving a shit about his teammate. So right. that is about to explode too. To me, all this was Sabu's match. Fuck Shane and Taz. It's not about them. It's about the two teams and but how that's fine. The triple threat is right. a true team as the triple threat. And this I mean, team yeah. is bullshit. 
I agree with that point. And I get your point about it being Sabu with Sabu. But that wasn't the story coming in. And that's what bothered me. They're clearly marching to Taz, challenging Shane, FTW versus world title. Like, that has been the story for months. Like, to that point, before Shane got hurt. Yeah, but this is where we're getting to because he's been injured and Taz keeps wrenching his arm. He's protecting him. I know, but that's what we're getting to. So why is Sabu... Like, if you want the story to be Sabu pushing through a neck injury and winning the match, and tell that story. Like, they didn't really tell that story. It's it's like a it's like a sort of a buried thing here. Like, it's not really yeah on everybody's mind. I, I it was on my mind because I'm just not convinced of Taz's dominance at all, and I don't think he deserves title shot because his build's bullshit. All right, well, we'll see how that plays out. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to our awards. Uh, best match. I mean, I went with the main event. I had it at three and a quarter, which um, I don't no, know. I had Lance Storm versus Larry. Uh, Larry. <laughs> Jerry Lynn. Larry Lynn. <laughs> Larry uh, Lynn. One of the Lynn Flynn's. No, I had that. Uh, I had that at the same grade, but I just thought this was a bigger deal. I had the uh, I had the tag title match as best match. <laughs> All right, worst match uh, was Spike versus Mabel Spike. Wolf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best moments, I went with Funk returning. Um, and I, I liked Jake hitting the low blow on Nicole Bass. And then the <laughs> <DC>. <laughs> yep. That was pretty good. Yep. Moments, I, I feel the Funk stuff is probably it for the moments. The t- yeah. um, balls yeah. to knock a win was Yeah, that was great. cool. When they won. That yeah. was a great moment. Uh, most nineties funk breaking his retirement. Uh, <laughs> the the look. This was a very brief period in time where you could do this, but name dropping Mike Ditka and the Saints was, yeah. was not a long lasting thing. <laughs> no. Um, Monica dress joke, of course, and then Jake drunk Jake ambling around ringside. Yeah, yeah. Nineties uh, stock rising with Funk, which you know he pulled it out of the dumpster after the, the start. Uh, mm-hmm. Storm, Lynn, Tanaka, Mahoney, RVD. I thought all had good nights. I, I we talked all about Sabu and Taz. We didn't really talk about RVD, who I actually thought was the best part of the match. Like as far as like felt like the biggest star. Like he's he's the real guy to me. Like he's the dude that looks impeccable every time he's out there. Yeah, works an incredible pace. He does. Super over. Um, wrestles multiple matches. Like uh, uh, great on the mic. Like he's the guy to me. That's like the future. Yeah, future guy. Uh, way more than Taz. I wouldn't say way more than Taz, but he's the dude we don't talk enough about is that, that potential star. Uh, stock falling at Doring, Chetty, Herman, Mabel, Tammy's neck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tammy Lynn bitches clothes. Victory's um, knee, Jake's entire yeah. body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jake's liver for once wasn't the worst yeah. part of it, buddy. <laughs> well, I'm sure that was on the list, too. Mm. Rod Price's knee after the <laughs> shopping cart. A lot of injuries on this show. Yeah. Um, all right, final grade. I went 6 out of 10. I, I mean, not, uh, the Ooh. crowd was good, sadly, but was yeah. definitely not... I don't know. We like the build for once. Yeah. yeah. But, I don't know. This, it's, they're in a weird place. Like, And we gave them a pass for Hardcore Heaven. No, or Heat Wave. Which one do we give the pass for with the like a lot of injuries and mm. Sandman leaving, whatever the last pay per view was, right? We gave like we kind of gave a pass. We we're like, okay, they got shaken up at the last minute. Um, they kind of had to move things around. Like maybe it was this one, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but, yeah, because yeah, we haven't had one since Sandman left. 
Yeah, so I guess I guess let's think more about the build here. But we've had other ones where they've made those changes. Right. Um, so, but this to me is like, at some point, you just going to live with the changes, right? Like, so what are they doing? We have injuries. We're kind of in a weird spot mm-hmm. with a lot of guys. So I don't know. Like, the pieces are there. They just haven't put them together for consistency. Um, I'm curious what 99 is going to bring. I mean, hard same on that. Uh, what were our grades for the last show? I feel like we were higher on. I think Heat Wave was our Heat best pay per view, wasn't it? Yeah, Heat Wave was so. great. It was like an eight, maybe. So, yeah. um, was that our six, last one, though, or did we have one between that? No, no I, I think Heat Wave. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Six and a half is what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, it feels a little disappointing. Um, we could have rebooked something. I think a little better for this show, Matt. Yeah, I uh, I only went five and a half on this. I thought, oh this, wow, this, this uh, I, I struggled with this one. There's just the thing I can't get past is this is a November to remember, and right. it's supposed to be your it's biggest show of the year, mm-hmm. and it, it feels like a lot of this show was as good as Heat Wave was, and how Heat Wave was like a very concise you know, six match show. This felt like it had way too much going on and not in a great way. So I, I just think as if this show is looked at as your WrestleMania, your Starcade, I think it's going to be looked at as a disappointment. I mean, we wasted way too much time on the Rogers FBI stuff. A lot of yeah. time dedicated to funk. Um, yeah. Just, uh, I don't know. It's just, it's it weird, felt like weird mismanagement. One. Yeah. Mismanagement of time across the board. Yeah. Um, in front of our biggest crowd, I think, probably, that we've had so yeah. far. I don't know that... It's got to be up there. You know, that, that arena was... It was big and full. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the crowd was great. Like, mm-hmm. And again, the build was well done. It's just, yeah, they just didn't click for whatever reason. They're just mis- misallocating a lot of resources right now. Like, think of everything we had in that Tammy match. Like, we had Storm, Lynn, Mikey... I know Candido's elsewhere, he's kind of on the edge, but like those guys could be doing multiple things, right? Instead of all tied up in one thing with Mikey as a ref. So I was like, yeah, that's a misallocation. We have, you know, it's one of the downsides of doing a main event like this is we have six, you know, six top guys all in one match, right? So like they're tied up. Tanaka and Balls are tied up. Like, so they kind of have a lot of multi person things where they're tying up a lot of resources mm-hmm. that they could have been using as well. Um, I would have probably not done the Mikey stuff on pay-per-view and saved it to, like, kick off that angle on TV after and just had, like, Storm and Lynn get, like, a two out of three. Right. 20-minute yeah. banger. Give the main event a little bit more time. Um, there's, there's little tweaks you could have done within this, but definitely a disappointing show overall. Um, so we'll see how they follow up. I mean, we got a couple months until the next pay-per-view. We're going to be ending 98 before our next pay-per-view. So we'll see our state of the business kind of going into 99 and where that all stands. So uh, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, this was not a November to remember. <laughs> no. Oh, I, I, I kind of wish we I would have pulled up my Passover to remember to see how this stacks with previous ones. Um, I remember last year, like, had the Shane Bigelow match, which we weren't super mm-hmm. hot on either. And that Pittsburgh crowd, which is weird. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, heat wave, we went. I went eight and a half. I think you guys were on the same. So yeah, sounds yeah. right. So, all right, we'll be back in two weeks. We'll kick off uh, the build to the next pay per view. I guess we'll be covering three weeks of television. 
through the end of November. Be sure to check out everything we have to offer here at the North-South Connection, both video and audio. Stay extreme. Talk to you soon. Even friends seem out to harm you